the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, it's meeting time, and today we're continuing our journey of the 12 steps of recovery and healing from any type of addictive or emotionally fractured lifestyle by introducing the ninth step of recovery, that we made direct amends to such people. That's the people we've harmed, and whenever possible, except when to do so, would injure them or others. In the previous step, step eight, we listed the people we harmed. Now it's time to put our big boy pants on, our big girl pants on, and with faith and courage led by the Holy Spirit, we're ready to right our wrongs to those that have been damaged by our sinful and diseased lifestyle. In Matthew 5, 23, 24, Jesus clearly shows in his teaching how important this principle is to God. If you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Here's the God of the universe who deserves and demands our worship, teaching us that we must have a clean slate in our relationships by making amends to those we've harmed. Then we can worship God with a clear conscience, no guilt, shame, or regrets. Reconciliation, restitution, and making amends are very high priorities for God. They're not optional or suggestions, and we would be remiss to neglect their importance. But let me forewarn you, Satan will tell you they're optional, that they're suggestions, and then you can neglect this step entirely the deceiver that Satan is. He bombards our minds with emotions of apathy, pride, fear, embarrassment, procrastination. He will discourage you and me from applying this principle to our lives. You see, when we harm others with no attempt to rectify these wrongs, the consequences are continuous enslavement of Satan's physical and spiritual bondage. When we listen to Satan's lies, we're not spiritually free to worship God. And folks, that's Satan's game plan. He delights when you and I don't apply these principles to our lives. He's the dead end on our journey of recovery. Listen, this ninth step cannot be fulfilled on our own strength. We must turn to God in prayer for the courage, strength, guidance, to rectify the wrongs we've done to mankind. We learn in Luke eighteen twenty seven that what is impossible for man is possible with God. Listen, when we receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and he's with us as we make each and every amends. It's the Holy Spirit that provides us with this courage, wisdom, and direction needed to complete this principle. Scripture teaches, greater is he that is in thee, that's the Holy Spirit, than he that's in the world, that's Satan. 
In other words, the Holy Spirit tells Satan to shut up with his lies as he walks with us through this ninth step. Now, let me digress for a moment. In the beginning of our journey of restoration, those of us seeking true recovery agreed to go to any lengths for victory over our addiction. So, if you're truly sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you're truly honest, open-minded, and willing to go to any lengths to recover from your demise of sin and an addictive lifestyle, if you want what we have, you must do what we do. So what do we do? It's called first things first. If you were with us last week, we learned before we're capable of righting our wrongs to others, we must work on our own stuff first. We do that by applying these 12 biblical principles to our lives. We attend recovery meetings with like-minded people where we receive support, love, encouragement, and mentoring. Now, It's in the first seven steps that's needed to work on ourselves. Let's review them. First, we admit we're powerless over this addiction that our lives are unmanageable. Two, we believe that God will restore us to sanity, just like he did for millions of others. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and life over to God. To me, that's repentance and receiving this free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Four, with pen in hand, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. We discovered the root causes of our disease, why we do the things we do. Five, we confess our sins to God, ourselves, and another person. Six, We're ready to have these malignant tumors of addiction and sin removed. And seven, we pray to God to transform us. Now, it's in the eighth step that we're preparing to work on others, the people that were damaged in our zombie-like, self-centered, addictive lifestyle. And we do that by writing a list of these people we've harmed, and we're willing to right our wrongs. You see, these eight steps prepare us for the ninth principle— would never be able to approach the people we owe men's to without them because these steps have gifted us with honesty and humility, and that must be incorporated in step nine. Step nine is a call to action. When we make amends to others, we're cleaning our side of the street. We're being accountable and responsible for our wrongdoings, be it physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. And the end result rids us of guilt and shame. And as we continue our journey, we receive eternal change and spiritual growth. And we learn how this change and growth can be birthed in our lives by the transformation of a man named Zacchaeus. I ask you to reference Luke 19, 1 through 10. If you have your Bible, read along with me. Jesus entered Jericho. He made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was very rich. He wanted to get a good look at Jesus, but he couldn't see over the crowd, so he climbed a sycamore tree. And when Jesus came by, he looked up, and he called him by his name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus climbed down. He took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. Jesus has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they yelled. 
Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save those who are lost. Amen. So what, are we from, so what are we to learn from this historical teaching? When we're feeding our addiction, it's easy to be consumed by our own needs. Zacchaeus had the same problem. His hunger for riches drove him to betray his own people by collecting taxes for the Roman government, and the people despised him because of this corruption. But then Jesus, he came on the scene, and the life of Zacchaeus was changed forever. I like to think of it as divine intervention. As Jesus entered Jericho, Zacchaeus went to any lengths to see him. He was so determined to see Jesus that he climbed a sycamore tree to get a bird's eye view of him. There must have been a hunger in his heart for change. Do you have a hunger for change? Do you have a hunger for Jesus? Well, we don't have to climb a tree to see Jesus. We witness Jesus all throughout Scripture, and these 12 biblical principles. When we spend time in prayer and Bible study, we witness Jesus loving us and his interaction with us each and every day. Now, when Jesus invited himself to the home of Zacchaeus, the people complained because Jesus was going to break bread with a known sinner. But they overlooked the fact that in this sinful world, There isn't a household that's sinless. We're all flawed by sin. And Jesus answered his critics by saying, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Zacchaeus was lost in his sin of extortion and corruption, but salvation brought a radical change in the life of this tax collector. He didn't have 12 steps to teach him what must be done. He simply was willing to change out of gratitude for how Jesus accepted him, just as he was. Jesus changed him from being a taker into a giver. Look, salvation doesn't relieve a person from making amends. Our debts and the wrong we've done to others are not canceled because we're reborn. God requires our reconciliation and restitution to others. And when we truly understand how Jesus accepts you and me just as we are, we too can experience the gratitude and willingness to make amends to the people we've harmed. Applying this ninth principle to our lives has us accepting who we were. We were takers and who we can become givers, and it results in a desire to right our wrongs against our fellow man. Lastly, the salvation of Zacchaeus was the very purpose of Christ coming into this world. Jesus, on the cross, making amends for our wrongdoings, our sins, that was an invitation for you and me to receive him in our heart, in our soul, and in our homes. Have you replied to his invitation? I pray you RSVP him this very day. Listen, we just learned that making amends cleans our side of the street. 
But step nine is in a one-way street. So next week, we're going to revisit this principle and discover what must be done to clean the other side of the street. And I want you to reference Matthew 6, verses 7 through 16. Amen.